Hi, I'm Patty Rada with Hims, and today I'm with Salwar Rafi, Global Managing Director for Healthcare Security, and Cesar Vialta, Managing Director, Global Security Lead for Life Sciences for Accenture. Welcome, Salwa and Cesar. Thank you very much, Patty, for having us. Yes, thank you, Patty. So for today's podcast, we're going to talk about resiliency and response to ransomware in the health industry. So, you know, let's first talk about why ransomware is becoming an increasing threat to health organizations. So, Salwa, why should health organizations care about the threat of ransomware? Patty, they should care very much uh, about ransomware and all kinds of cyber attacks. This is really more of an existential threat to our industry. Um, Healthcare uh, organizations are most vulnerable compared even to other industries. Uh, because of many reasons that I know that we're going to talk about. But, uh, but simply put, uh, when it happens, when a ransomware attack happens, um, hospitals, uh, HDOs, and, and uh, ins- the insurance industry will just stop serving patients, which is the, the bread and butter of our uh, business. This is why hospitals exist, to serve our patients. So it is really uh, the, the stopping of the operations. We can't retrieve patient data. We can't... Uh, really uh, resume uh, treatment and diagnosis. Uh, As I said, it's existential threat and we should all worry about that. Great, so Sala, can you give an example of the impacts that ransomware attacks have had on the health ecosystem? Absolutely. You know, we have seen many examples, Patty, on uh, hospitals being attacked and even in payers organization. Uh, When that happens, uh, data, which is the most precious and valuable data, across all industries are uh, being exposed. This is a huge uh, patient safety issue. It's, it's also, it stops the, the business, the day-to-day business of the healthcare organizations of opening up their doors to receive the patients, to co- resume their treatment plans, to have diagnostic uh, procedures, uh, op- operations and surgeries. So, you know, the loss of data, the loss of operations, and also the loss of branding and reputation of these organizations uh, are critical uh, for uh, for our industry. Great. So how has the threat of ransomware evolved over the past year? It has evolved exponentially. And, you know, within the, the couple of years, almost couple of years now with the global pandemic, we know that digitization has happened uh, in healthcare in a very speedy way. You know, there was a, a race to research, a race to find the cure and the vaccine uh, for COVID, but, and w- which, were, which was very you know, impressive to, ha- to achieve this kind of results in, in a very short time period. But with that, that has been paired with the extreme uh, threat of cyber attacks and the, the very sophisticated actors uh, we're targeting the healthcare organizations for very good reasons, frankly, to steal the data, to stop the operations, to extort uh, all kinds of ransom from the organizations. As you know, the industry is most vulnerable because of the spend, because of the legacy infrastructure. There are many reasons that makes uh, our organizations vulnerable, and we need to change that. Right. So are we seeing any governmental action in reaction to these threats? Absolutely. Um, I, I, I know that you might remember uh, in the last couple of months, there has been an executive order uh, from the White House uh, on cybersecurity and the mandate for everybody uh, to share threat intelligence, to share uh, incidents, 
to uh, to um, uh, develop recommendations for what happens uh, as an incident response plan. So there is there is a national uh, effort to lead uh, our uh, defense systems being proactive and actually how to respond to a cyber attack uh, with this uh, White House executive order. Uh, many uh, great outcomes have come out of it. And I think our organizations have more awareness now of this uh, threat. And sometimes I, I, when I talk to our clients, I, I tell them it's not an if, it's a when they would have uh, a cyber attack, especially a ransomware. Uh, it's really inevitable. We can't help the, the actors to attack our industries. It's really how we act that would define uh, our response and would protect our business. Great. Uh, so now let's focus on the typical challenges that health organizations face in preparing and responding to ransomware attacks. So Caesar, what are typical challenges that they encounter when preparing and responding to ransomware attacks? Uh, sure, Patty. So, you know, I, I think first what's interesting, and, and Sal has mentioned this, you know, previously, um, you know, ransomware has certainly become a, a top of mind for many organizations, including in the healthcare and uh, in, in life sciences industries. Um, and access to ransomware, specifically as a service, has increased and is available to the masses. Um, and, and what that means is that almost anybody, if they're looking for it, can gain access to ransomware software if they're willing to pay. When healthcare organizations are thinking about this and preparing, there are a few things that they should really be focused on, and, and we'll talk a little bit about this in greater detail. First, business continuity, right? That's kind of the, the, the fundamental getting back to the basics, but understanding that having complete, uh, valid offline backups of critical systems and data is mission critical and extremely important. Um, next, really understanding hygiene and, and making sure that we're being proactive here. And in many instances, that when, you, when you kind of look into the origination around ransomware, um, you're looking at, at kind of a lack of hygiene. It's not about having an agent on an endpoint. It's ensuring it's continuously updated, it's healthy, and in fact, protecting against the latest threats. And then ultimately, you know, spending time and focusing time to really test these defenses. Adversaries are continuously testing our defenses. We should be looking to do this more than just once or twice a year and really embedding it into, into the way we work. Um, I think it's, it's having that holistic approach um, and, and kind of holistic uh, uh, thoughts behind this that, that would help um, in preparing and responding to ransomware. Great, you, you talked about you know, uh, hygiene. So most ransomware attacks still start with cyber hygiene issues and human mistakes. So why is this the case? Absolutely, it's it's the path of least resistance, right? Um, you know, I think that uh, cybersecurity is a combination of, of people, process, technology, and, and the people part um, ha has a tendency to be the most exploited part when it comes to phishing, when it comes to remaining cyber vigilant. Um, you know, when we look at the pandemic way of working, the, the world that we've been in for for you know, going on two years now, um, you know individual lives have become blurred between home and work, right? It's all kind of one state of being. Um, and as a result of that, um, you know, mistakes happen. Um, remaining cyber vigilant at home versus work is, is, is a tough kind of line to walk. Um, it's important to understand that technology, yes, hygiene in terms of, of health of, of your security defenses is important, but your people also need to understand and, and operate um, with a heightened sense to, of, of hygiene and, and that cyber vigilance aspect um, so that the entire kind of package comes together to protect the organization. 
Right. So the health ecosystem is known for its large level of interdependency across the supply chain. So how does this affect the risk of ransomware attacks? Patty, this, this is a good one. This, I mean, at, at the end of the day, um, it, it certainly amplifies the risk. You know, Salo and I work together um, at Accenture to protect our clients across the entire health value chain from drug manufacturing through delivery of, of patient care. Um, and the reality is, is this entire value chain is, is highly interdependent and, and highly connected. Um, there have been several examples where an organization may have the best defenses or, or, or reasonable defenses in place, but a partner, whether it's a, a processing partner, a technology partner, a delivery partner has become compromised and those impacts directly impact um, the, the entity, even if it's not um, their direct uh, operational functionality. And so, you know, unfortunately, um, it only takes one kind of disruption in your critical supply chain in order to disrupt your business. And so, you know, it's, it's highly connected, highly interdependent at this point. Um, it's not just, uh, you know, the, the goal isn't just to protect your, you know, what's inside your, your defenses, but rather to have a comprehensive plan um, throughout your ecosystem of partners um, to ensure that you, you minimize the risk of, of ransomware and business disruption. So finally, let's take a look at how to increase business resilience against ransomware attacks. So Salwa, what should all health organizations do right away to increase their resiliency against ransomware attacks? Well, that, that's a great question, Patty. Uh, thank you for, uh, for uh, bringing light into it. Uh, I would think, you know, you can't protect what you cannot see. The first thing is for, for them to immediately do a security assessment of their entire infrastructure, networking, uh, IoT, IUMT, uh, you know, applications, data, everything. Uh, so that, and usually the results of this assessment is great findings and insights about the gaps and the vulnerabilities in, in any organization. From that, you can take an action to protect and remediate sometimes and strengthen uh, your posture uh, when it comes to um, your defense system against a cyber attacks. So I would really recommend for every single organization to do this assessment on an annual basis, at, you know, at least annual basis. And then once we know that uh, it gives us a greater uh, freedom to, to immediately start and, and strengthen that system. You know, having also uh, being proactive, but also knowing how to respond and building a very comprehensive, as Caesar said, a holistic approach of an incident response, a crisis management approach to what happens if the organization has been attacked on the ransomware, uh, what to do with the data, uh, making sure that the backup data is safe, it can be used. Um, and um, all of these aspects, you know, it gets into greater uh, details but there are so many uh, action plans that would be recommended based on this assessment and the visibility. Great. So Salwa, how can organizations build a, hu a human firewall to protect against ransomware attacks? This really starts with um, uh, the cyber hygiene and the cyber awareness. Uh, humans are the weakest points. And, uh, you know, when you are a nurse in a hospital or a user, they're receiving 20 emails um, per hour, you want to get through your emails very quickly. And with that, you know, sometimes, most of the time, there are phishing email messages. You don't pay attention and you press on this link, um, uh, this hot link, uh, to see if you have to change your password or if there is something important coming from your boss. And this is the entry point to most of the ransomware uh, attacks. You, you know, the, the, the hackers would get into your system 
move laterally if they steal your credentials and then move upward for the privileged access. Um, so cyber awareness, continuous training, uh, continuous uh, programs, making sure that everybody is, a, is vigilant really against all of these cyber attacks. So a human firewall is our first line of defense. And then we can strengthen and harden the other parts of the technology and the tools. Uh, great. So Caesar, what actions would you recommend to validate and test measures that organizations have put into place? Uh, this is a, a good one, Patty. You know, I think that, um, as Salwa mentioned earlier, having an incident response plan is certainly important. Um, it's important to exercise that plan. Um, it's important to, to you know, factor in the outcomes of, of your security assessments and to continuously improving that plan. Um, I'd recommend, if, if it's possible, don't go it alone, right? Find a partner that can help you independently think about um, the critical path to that plan, who can help you pressure test, bring in what's, you know, what peers are doing in the industry to, to optimize and, and really um, drive an effective outcome uh, with the plan. Uh, and then that testing aspect is, is going to be important. Again, it's not a, a one-time event. Uh, our adversaries, threat actors are continuously testing our defenses and um, we should be thinking about it that same way. Great. So how should an organization prepare in the event that it does fall victim to a ransomware attack? So this one here, Patty, you know, we, we've talked to many clients who, um, as I mentioned, the, the concept of don't go it alone, who learn during an event that they should have either retained an incident response partner or thought about um, securing kind of outside help in the case of emergency. Uh, when you're in, in the moment, uh, you know, that's, it's too late. It's too late to, to call for help. Certainly you can do that, but you need, you need the ability to call on a partner that um, has experience in dealing with these type of events. Um, I'd also encourage um, organizations to really treat this not just as a security event, but really an overall kind of business disrupt disruption crisis event. It has become that important, especially in the healthcare industry. Um, you know, down systems are one thing, but, but disrupting the ability to provide patient care is another. And so I think it's important to elevate um, these type of events uh, in, in the right way within the organization. The other thing too, um, to, to think about here uh, in terms of preparation. So uh, CISA, the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency um, uh, has provided some, some guidance out there around uh, ransomware guides, things to do, things to consider. Um, I certainly uh, encourage um, uh, you know, organizations to take a look at that guidance, subscribe to, to those alerts if they aren't already. But there's some, some good thinking there around being proactive and ultimately how, how to remain calm during the storm that I would recommend uh, organizations checking. So uh, my last question you is, should organizations ever consider just paying the ransom if they do fall victim to an attack? This is a controversial question, I think, uh, and, and I welcome Salah's perspective too. I'll tell you, I, I haven't really met a, a cybersecurity practitioner yet that, that said yes, right? I, I, I think if the decision was up to a cyber organization or a cyber leader, um, we typically default to no, right? Because by paying ransom, um, you set yourself up for uh, uh, potentially being the target of, of either the same threat actor or a different threat actor. Um, you also fuel the fire right around this issue um, and enable these organizations to do this exact same thing elsewhere. 
Now, I will say, um, you know, typically the decision to, to pay is more of a, a business function. You know, how do you restore um, a state of operations as quickly as possible? If, if you remain resilient and think, you know, have the ability to recover in a meaningful way, in a timely way, then the answer should, should remain no. But at the end of the day, this is, this is more of a, a business um, decision. Um, and it's a tough one. It's, it's really, really tough. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, completely agree with Caesar. It, it is uh, an executive decision. The board of directors will have to make this decision on behalf of the organization. And in some in some instances, you know, you don't want to pay the cyber actors because it's uh, it's almost like paying a terrorist organization. And the DHS really frown upon that. Um, it could lead to major repercussions. However, um, we uh, uh, in Accenture, we cannot recommend a yes or a no. It's up to the organization. We hope that all of them do not have to make this decision. And it's a, it is really our duty and mandate to make sure that they don't, they are never in this kind of a situation that they have to think about that. So um, I hope that answers your question, Patty. Great. Well, uh, Salwa and Caesar, you know, both of you said some great things. Um, I want to sort of uh, boil things down to a few takeaways uh, for our listeners. Um, and, and I think, you know, the, the operative word is continuously, you know, continuously, uh, or as always, you had said, you know, do an annual security assessment, a holistic one, you know, of all of your systems, uh, you know, all of your data, um, you know, then be proactive about, you know, uh, once you do that assessment, you find those gaps, you have, have insights into what you need to strengthen, you know, where are the weak parts, um, you know, have an incident response, you know, crisis management plan, um, you know, then there was a continuous training. It's not a one and done, you train and that's it. But again, the word continuous, continuous training, um, you know, Cesar, you talked about uh, having a trusted partner to help you validate and test, you know, they've got the best practices that they can share with the organization. So, you know, again, continuously validating, you know, and testing, having that partner to help you and, you know, that you don't, so that you don't get into those, you know, the two questions that I asked at the end, you don't get into those situations. So I just wanted to, uh, you know, Cesar and, and Salwa, you know, uh, is there anything else that you want to add to that? I, I would quickly add that, uh, you know, keeping in mind that secu- cybersecurity for especially in healthcare, um, uh, really it, it, um, it is an enabler to all of our technology usage and deployment. It is an enabler for innovation. And sometimes we forget that part that we think it is an add-on or just an added cost to spend on security solutions. But uh, at the end of the day, it is really, it pushes for innovation. It pushes for data protection for patient safety, for our own privacy. We are all patients at any given point in time, and we care about our well-being, uh, our families, our citizens. So security is really an intrinsic part of all of our practices, uh, frankly, across all industries, but very special meaning when it comes to the big H, healthcare and life sciences. I I couldn't have said it better. 100% agree with Salwa. (laughs) Thank you, Caesar. Great. Well, thank you so much for your time, Salwa and Caesar. You take care. Thank you, Patty.